Hey friends, welcome to But What If You Did. This is the podcast where we talk about the ebbs and flows of being human. We know the human experience can be messy, but it can also be awe-inspiring and filled with wonder. But What If I Did is really the catalyst to finding that first next step forward when life feels messy. I'm Allison, a life coach and meditation and breathwork facilitator. I'm an Enneagram 6, I love craft coffee, ice cream, New England Falls, and really all things pumpkin spice. And I'm Chloe, a community builder with a passion for normalizing the human experience. I'm an Enneagram too. I love sunshine, finding the best tea shop wherever I go, and introducing people to their new favorite restaurant. And we're on a mission to normalize the hard stuff, to peel back the layers of societal conditioning in order to help you feel empowered so that you can show up fully as your most vibrant and authentic self. You can expect everything from raw and vulnerable coffee chats working through our own lived experiences in real time to interviews with wellness advocates and thought leaders in the personal development space. Are you ready to hang? Then let's get to today's conversation. Hi. So how was your week? Hey, my week was good. How was your week? It was good. I feel like I am very much anticipating vacation. I know by the time this episode comes out, it will my vacation will have come and gone. But just knowing that it's one week left till vacation is really just on my mind a lot. Like I feel like I'm in that last minute. Like, okay, if I need to reorder any supplements, or I'm out of sunscreen, or what do I need for the beach? We realize like we don't go to the beach often, so we didn't really have bathing suits to currently fit us. We didn't have flip flops to wear to the beach. Just things that are silly, but now we're like last minute vacation scrambling to make sure we have all of those things. But also just anxiously excited, anticipating the week ahead. So yeah. Um, what do you feel like uh, came up for you last week? Um, you know, I think I lived a lot in the gray space last week. Mm. Um specifically in regards to grief, which is like so tricky. I visited my Nana this past weekend and um, I guess like extra context, like she, like I am a Nana's girl, like through and through. She's the family that I see the most. She's the person I call on my way home from work. So seeing her is always really nice. Um, And we're now hitting like a year and a half since my grandfather passed away. And this was the visit where it felt normal and that sucked. And yet at the same time, I was really thankful for that. Um, I think that I'm finally at the place where the grief isn't going to like wash over and consume me, but also realizing that our new normal feels normal without him also was really hard to swallow. Um, So just like kind of ping ponging between that this week, like being grateful for because, like, grief is, like, a clarifying experience. Mm. Um, and so grateful for, I guess, finally being in a, like, softer landing spot. But still really sad. Yeah. What I'm hearing there is just a lot of, like, living in the duality of different emotions. And I know that's something that, like, I've touched on probably not in an in-depth context before on the podcast. But how it's okay to feel grateful and also feel sad. And it's okay to feel excited, but also scared. And it's okay. Like there's just, it's part of living in the gray space. And I think that's something that has been coming up a lot, a, a lot more for me, especially in the last like couple of years of like really trying to surrender to this idea of like, 
I don't have to have the answer. Like it doesn't have to be a yes or no. It doesn't have to be a right or wrong. That it's okay to not know what's happening. It's okay to not have that certainty and to feel that that to really lean into that feeling of surrender. And that's what I I'm hearing reflected back in what you were saying and what you were going through this weekend, like surrendering to this like next level of the grief cycle. And I also think that something I would love to get more into, and maybe it's part of this conversation, maybe it's not, but how the grief cycle can show up in life in a lot of different ways, not just in when you lose a loved one. The grief cycle can show up when you're mourning the loss of a job. It can show up when you're mourning the loss of a friendship. It can show up when a project goes wrong, right? Like there's just so many times that our body has to run the grief cycle. And I think sometimes it's hard to acknowledge that that's what our body truly like needs because with that comes this gray space, these hard emotions that swing on the pendulum from really engulfing and positive to really engulfing and negative, right? And so, yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that um, and just how it is, like, I think that grief is, like, such a duality, especially the farther you get down it. Every time that I've, like, experienced the grief cycle, I feel like I always start out really angry. I know that that's, like, they always say it's, like, the five steps or whatever. I don't know. I don't. I've experienced grief long enough to know or like frequent enough to where I'm like, I trust that I'm probably moving through all of those, but it just doesn't look the same. But I don't think anyone's grief cycle necessarily looks the same as anyone else's. Um, I think it's interesting what you were saying is like letting your body feel it. Um, This most recent like experience with grief has really helped me learn what it feels like in my body to the point where I saw a friend recently that our friendship has changed a lot over um specifically over the last three years like she's living a completely different life now um we don't get to talk to each other really I get to see her when she comes home once a year um And I couldn't quite figure out what I was feeling. And I had to take a minute and be like, well, what's happening in my body right now? And I was like, I'm sad and I can't sit still. And that this past year has been has shown me that when I'm sad and I can't sit still, that's my body grieving. Mm -hmm. Um, So it has been helpful in other situations, like you said. But. Yeah, grief is like everywhere and sometimes nowhere. (laughs) Well, and I think it's natural in a lot of ways, just in the way that our generation was raised to want to shove down and sweep the hard emotions under the rug because we don't feel safe to feel them in our bodies. And it certainly is a journey and a relearning. And it takes a lot of self-awareness and willingness to pause and reflect, which also when you're in the middle of hard emotions is really the last thing you're going to intuitively want to do. You're never going to be like, oh, I'm really sad. Now let's think about why am I really sad, right? Like it's really hard to stop yourself and want to reflect in the middle of that. But at the same time, it's when we can take those moments, whether it's after that, whether it's when we've re-regulated, you know, and kind of have those hard conversations with ourselves. I think that's where a lot of this growth in the gray space comes from, where you kind of embrace that in-between stage where it is messy. It doesn't feel great. 
And that's ultimately how we help ourselves move forward through that. It's just in the moment, I think that can feel really overwhelming and hard in a lot of ways. Totally. Where do you feel like you experience the duality of emotions the most in this season? In this season, I would say it's more in struggling to stay in the present in a lot of ways. There's a lot of like excitement that has come from a lot of the changes over the last couple of years between starting my business, starting this podcast, building relationships with people that I've met over social media, which, you know, in itself for someone in Enneagram 6 that likes to seek out safety and security and certainty is definitely challenging to build these relationships. These people feel like friends that you genuinely know and care about. And then at the end of the day, you're like, well, they're really just a stranger on the internet. Like, how safe and secure is this relationship? How much do I pour into it? Kind of makes you question a lot of that. So I feel like duality often shows up there where like there's part of me that's super hesitant to want to go all in on these types of relationships. And I think that's why the retreat that I went to in May was like so challenging, right? Because it was like, well, I've followed these people for a long time and I have conversations with them regularly, but I don't actually like know them. And now I'm going to go hang out with them for a few days in an environment I've never been to, right? And so I feel like that brought up a lot of duality of emotion, right? This like really excited, knowing that this can be a game changer, but then also this like underlying fear and anxiety and just questioning everything kind of feeling. But I feel like as I started to figure out more of where I want this business to go, where I want the podcast to go, where I see my life and creating this life that I, you know, dream life, like what I'm really aspiring towards right now, it can be really hard to sit in the duality of what is my current reality in my current corporate position where like dream world, like I want to be a full-time entrepreneur, but it's really hard to get there. And you hear a lot about hustle culture and every early stage entrepreneur has to You have to pour in the hours and the hustle and this and that, and you won't be successful if you don't. And competing with that is my brain telling me that like I'm really embracing this new season of slowness and refinement. And what does this, what do I want to feel like? How do I want to get to this place? And not feeling pressured into doing it this way that society says I have to do it or the way that every influencer on there says it. And like, really wanting to show that I can do this my way and I can build this slowly and still have the same result. But back to your original question, I think the duality part surfaces a lot for me in that kind of space because it's like, I know what I'm aiming for. I have this, these big visions and feel really connected and aligned to these manifestations that I'm calling in and wanting to bring forward into my life. At the same time, I have a lot of great things going on in my current life that I feel like sometimes that distracts me and I miss what's happening in the present. And I almost wonder if I find myself questioning and curious about like, if I was just more present while also doing those things in a genuine way, like, would I just masterfully attract people, the clients that I'm calling in and the relationships that I'm wanting to blossom and what chances am I not taking because I'm missing cues from the universe in the moment type thing. And so I feel like that for me is where I find myself going back to when I think about duality is like, how do I live 
in the present because tomorrow is promised to no one, but also keep the vision and the dreams and the manifestations front of mind um, and keep working towards that in a way that feels authentic to me and in a way that doesn't challenge my ability to rest and bring balance and growth still into my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're going to hate this, and I'm so sorry. But every time you said dream life, I thought of the Barbie movie because I watched it this week. I have not seen the Barbie movie yet. I'm sure that is There's a, a no lot surprise. of duality in it. Like, I think it's relevant. <laughs> I mean, it probably I'm is. I'm sure. I'm sure any of the listeners who, like, have also seen it are like, yup. <laughs> um, as my boss likes to say, I am not the fun person. LOL. <laughs> like, I just, what I find fun is, like, reading a really great book or, you know, listening to a really great podcast or going to coffee and having a really great conversation. And I'm not one to like go see a movie while it's in theaters. Like, sure, I could. And maybe when I'm on vacation, if there's like a rainy day or something like that, I feel like is a lot of times when I will be like, yeah, let's go see a movie. Um, But, but I will say I my curiosity has peaked just based on how much has been all over social media and like seeing people that I feel like generally don't post about things like that, bringing it up a lot. It was so good, honestly. Like, I am not, like, I'm not a movie person. Like, the joke in the friend group is, like, if you are trying to, like, hit a movie quote, like, don't run it by me because it's going to fumble. Same. But it was so good. And, like, I would totally see it again in theaters. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but... Definitely well, I guess time. we're going to have to have a part two to this conversation where we come back I and know. revisit how the Barbie movie um, <laughs> plays into the duality of life. So anyways, I feel like that's how it's showing up the most for me right now. Yeah, I think that that is also interesting and in like how I like the duality is constantly at play whenever we're like rooting in. Right. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, I feel like I feel it so hard whenever I'm like trying to root into like whatever spot I'm in. and like. That's kind of what I heard with you as well. Um, like, if you let yourself fully go into, like, the dream world, you wouldn't be as present. But then you would miss out on so much. Yeah. I'm curious. I know you and I specifically talk a lot about nervous system regulation. And I think part of grounding into any new season is being able to know well, knowing the tools to help you personally, like what works for you regulate in seasons where your nervous system is all over the place and and you're not feeling super grounded and there is a lot of uncertainty and a lot of change. I'm curious what you have found to be helpful and grounding in ways that like you can get yourself back to that more homeostasis type state and then we can go into like how I feel that or and how I work through that because I I think we both have different modalities that help us to ground in and and work through that in different ways yeah I think that I'm thinking most recently of like this weekend and which was a bit of like a culmination of a lot of what I've worked on this past year but honestly, for me to get back to like re-regulated is me just like really affirming that what I'm feeling is like to be expected. This most recent grief cycle has really forced me to relearn my emotions and also not be as afraid of them, um, which I've now felt in all aspects of my life, which is nice. 
But yeah, just like letting my body feel the emotions in whatever capacity it needs to. So like sometimes that's going for a walk, sometimes that's having a real good cry sesh. And also knowing when I am so dysregulated that that's actually like it's going to be a yes and where I'm also using like breathing techniques or um, temperature. Like I love like if I am feeling really overwhelmed, like I hop in a hot shower or I will say like I'm not necessarily one. And I think that this might be different from you. So I'm curious. But when I'm in those places, like I am not one to naturally gravitate towards other people. I'm very much like. Like, the self-prez version of Enneagram. Like, I am going to figure this out and then come back to people, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like, for me, I I want the space to process and get myself back to a regulated state, but I also want someone nearby. I don't necessarily, like, want them in the room, but I want to know that someone's close in case I needed them kind of thing. I feel like a lot of times when I'm super dysregulated, it's because I'm around other people that are also Mm. um, not regulated. And so then it'll show up harder and harsher for me. But for me, breath work has really been a transformational practice. But I can't just sit there and do equal ratio breath or box breathing, as some people refer to it as. In a space surrounded by people, I have to truly step away, be in my own space and like know that I am safe and where I am for it to have any level of effect on me. EFT tapping is also another really good one to like bring Mm -hmm. me back to present moment and help me to regulate. And I'll notice that like sometimes I have to go outside or near water or touch a plant or, you know, just like there are so many different ways to kind of drop into that and bring myself back to that. But yeah, I think it kind of depends on what the situation is and how I got to that space. And and sometimes it's just hard. Like sometimes I don't feel like I'm equipped to bring myself back to that space. Whereas other times I feel like I can pretty quickly, but I think that's all part of the learning and the healing journey is is learning how to bring yourself back and get yourself back into homeostasis like in in different types of scenarios and we're not going to be perfect at it we talked about this in one of our previous episodes about how like you're not going to necessarily be able to do it the first time but or maybe the 10th time or maybe the 50th time but by the 100th time all of a sudden you're going to see that you've made progress in how you get yourself to self-regulate yeah and also for me at least like self-regulation has been such like like it's a muscle and so the more you work it, the more you're going to have it. And like, I also think on the flip side that if you don't use it, you lose it will also apply. So how do you feel like knowing things has played into going back to the example you shared at the top of the episode of like what you went through over the weekend? How do you feel knowing how to regulate your nervous system, knowing how to sit in the duality of emotions? Um, something else that I just want to like go back to real quick was just you mentioned having a good cry sesh. Like I think sometimes our reaction is to suppress that need to cry because we've been taught by society that that makes you strong. But at the end of the day, like it, the more you suppress tears, the the more that just pent it gets pent up inside your body, and your body releases that in other ways. Um, I guess that's something else I took away from the book, The Body Keeps Score, of like you didn't let out those tears and you didn't let out that anger and that frustration and now you have back pain and 
you know, that translates, right? Or now you're having this hip problem or not, like your body is going to find another way to release it if you don't. And so I think I've given myself permission to just, if I need to cry, I don't care where I am. I don't care who's there. That is a normal release mechanism for my body. And I need to work through that. But I'm curious, as you've learned all of these things, do you feel like you responded, I guess, differently this weekend when that came up for you than maybe you would have in the past? And also, did it make you feel like you still had work to do? Or were you just proud of where you were in that moment? I think that it was a really good marker for me um, because I I get caught in, like, shame spirals really easily. Um, and it was, like... I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this. Like, it sucked to realize that this person who is, like, a huge part of my life, like, I spent all of my school holidays with my grandparents, um, that it now felt normal that he wasn't there. And also, I had to, like, I had a lot of grace to myself because I was also grateful for that because, like, that had been something that I had been working toward, um... And it would have been really easy for me to drop into a shame spiral of, I can't believe that, like, you're grateful that you feel like this is, like, your new normal. Instead, I was able to, like, I'm welcoming the process of the clarification and getting used to what life looks like. Because also, like, grief is something that we're going to have forever. And so I'm, like, thankful for that. I also didn't try, like, to stop my crying, which is different for me as well. Just welcoming it in and being like, you know what, whatever I need. Because also, like, there's more there, right? Like, I don't know, grief is a weird process. And when you involve families, like, it's not just about the one thing. It's going to have, like, a ton of underlying factors as well. And so, yeah, I don't think I – I don't know if I totally answered your question, but I feel like it was a good marker of, like, how far I've come – And, like, the grace that I'm able to give myself, I used to not be very nice to myself. Um, And while also holding the space of, like, it's okay to feel all the emotions. Like, it's not a reflection of how much I loved him or, like, any of that. So I have two final questions. One, like, what is something that you hope listeners take away from this conversation? Whatever emotion you're feeling makes sense. Like, your body makes sense. You make sense. Um, Even if you can't quite figure out why you're feeling it yet, like, that's okay. The first step is being like, this makes sense. Yeah. Now let's go from here. It's the acknowledgement piece. And just like it, we hear a lot when you're talking about like meditation or breath work, observe the thought, observe the emotion. And so that's like part of growing is learning to observe what is going on in your head, your mind, your feelings, your body, and not needing to have an answer for it, but just observing and saying like, oh, I'm feeling sad right now. Ah, I'm feeling frustrated in my body right now. Like just having that acknowledgement piece, I think is for sure like that first tangible step that listeners can take away from this today. But my last question is, what are you looking forward to in the week ahead? I am like, I have some friends from out of town coming in that I'm like so excited to see. Um, And then I have another jam-packed weekend coming up. I don't know what happened. It's like all of my weekends all of a sudden are so full. But um, 
They're just like really fun to look forward to. I'm hosting another like birthday dinner this week. I don't know. It's just going to be a jam-packed week. I'm so excited. What about you? I think I'm most excited for um, I have some people from my team that are bi-coastal. So I, I talk to them every day, but I don't get to see them in person or here this week. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then also just like, I think, you know, my intention for vacation is to really unplug from work and then also just be really present and mindful of where patterns are showing up for me. Disrupting old patterns and narratives has been something that I've been really working on. And I know that family time can be really triggering for a lot of that for me. So I think for me, just being really mindful of what's happening, how I'm showing up, where I'm having strange reactions, just kind of, you know, taking pen to paper and and reflecting that for myself so that I can help myself to learn to move through those in in new ways, I think is going to be really important for me in the the upcoming week. But also just like really excited to go to one of my favorite places and, and spend some quality time with my partner, my family, you know, and just really start to vision plan for this next season of life where we move across the country and, and kind of start over in a way. So yeah, just lots of exciting things there. Exciting, but also scary things, I feel like, um, on my brain. For the Wait, weekend. did I hear the duality again? I think you did hear a little bit of duality oh, in there. Wow. Excellent work, Allison. And we have come full circle. <laughs> well, on that note, friends, that feels like a great place to wrap this up. I hope that this week you all take a moment to embrace the duality in your own life. And until next week, friends, we will talk to you all real soon. Bye. Well, that's a wrap. We are so grateful you made the decision to come share a part of your day with us. If today's conversation resonated with you, we would love to read your review over on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're supporting the show from. Or share it with a friend or tag us over on Instagram at But What If You Did Pod so we can personally say thank you for helping us spread our message. Everything discussed in today's conversation is, of course, linked down below in the show notes. Until next time, friends, I'm Allison. And I'm Chloe, and you've been listening to But What If You Did?